Hey, welcome back to Gear Talks, a Noria podcast. Remember, we are connecting reliability professionals with reliable information. Today, we have the host of CMS Radio uh, podcast, Greg Christensen. I am very excited to talk to him. We're going to be talking about kind of his background, uh, how CMMS Radio got started, but then also when we're implementing a CMMS program, what are some pitfalls that we can avoid? What has he seen? What works? What doesn't work? So with that, we're going to go to Greg. So Greg, uh, part of this podcast is we want people to understand the individual. Uh, so why don't you give us a little bit about your background, what you did, who you are, everything else? Well, thanks for having me, Wes. I, I really am excited to be on the show and talk about all this stuff with CMMS Radio. We're really trying to talk about all things CMMS to help pretty much anybody and everyone. And the whole background that led me to this was I was in the CMMS industry for pretty close to 20 years, and I wanted CMMS Radio to be a way for me to stay connected to the industry and also be one voice to many because coming from building maintenance and building management, developing a system of our own internally, and then actually creating a CMMS company, I always wondered, you know, who's the best out there? There's a lot of people that need help. I'd love to talk to all of them. That's impossible. But then I thought, well, a podcast would work. And people have been pushing on me for years, like, hey, Greg, you should be using that voice and doing this and that. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And the whole idea is kind of taking shape as we go along. It's getting a lot of exposure now. And I am actually finding that people are learning from the show with the experts that we have on. And that's really what, what I'm after is being able to connect with people like yourself. If anybody listens or watches and they pick up a little something that helps them with their CMMS project, or it resonates in some way where they're like, yeah, I have that problem too. And it gives them a way forward. That's all that really matters. Yeah, absolutely. And CMMS is such a huge topic. So, I mean, you can go for a long time with uh, fresh material and everything else. So yeah. let's dive into it just a little bit here. Uh, you say that you came from the CMMS world. So what was that, if you don't mind sharing a little bit? Absolutely. So in 2000-ish, there, there, I had left the company that I had helped build in the building maintenance, facilities management, and facilities maintenance space with a longtime partner. This is someone that I've built multiple businesses with, and the product is being built to manage hundreds of job sites and work with all the different clients. And they really wanted it for their own use because everything out there, it worked, but not in the way that we work. So I had left, he reaches out and he says, Hey, Greg, you know, I'm building this product. And now the clients that I'm using it with are calling me saying they want to use it with all their other stuff. So I'm going to have to start a company and actually go to market with this. So I said, wow, that sounds fun. So I jumped in, started learning what it was. And it started out as a work order management solution. However, during the first three to six months, I started really discovering what we actually were who we actually helped, the problems that we really solved. So I made it about, not about selling software, I made it about solving the problem that we were really, really good at solving. As that started to kind of trend forward and it started to work, you know, people are signing up, they're really getting the benefits that we wanted them to get when they're utilizing the platform. We just kept going. 
And 15 years later, we sold that platform to another company and they ran with it. Then they got bought. That product still exists to this day. It's a great product, sure. but the, the, through that exposure, like I had said earlier, there, there, this is a little bit of a segue. There are upwards of three to 500 CMMS platforms out there. If you really oh, I don't look that around, all. it's, <laughs> it's, it, it it's insane. So imagine if you need a CMMS platform and you have to go out, figure out which one is right for you, but you have to rely on what everybody's telling you, the vendors, and they're not wrong, but they may or may not understand the problem that you actually have. So that is the biggest problem that people have to solve for themselves. And it's hard to do. Do you look at the top five or 10 companies mm -hmm. out there? Do right. you, you look at all three or 400? You can't do that. So that whole experience is what kind of led to where I'm at today. If that, hopefully that kind of jives no, with what you're looking for. It, it absolutely does. And I think you're right. If you think about CMMS, it's kind of this whole Pareto distribution, right? 80% of the market is probably dominated by the 20% or whatever that is of the numbers of them out there. Uh, SAP, Maximo, I mean, the big guys that you run into everywhere. But when we're thinking about, you know, a solution, you know, a CMMS or any software, uh, you do have to solve a problem with it. You can't just have it for the sake of having it because you're supposed to have it. So I, I like that it's solutions based and that's kind of your background with this. I'll, I'll tell you in 2006, uh, I digitized maintenance records for a heating and air company that I worked for. I took it from a Rolodex and made an Excel spreadsheet out of it. So, I mean, this is the first iteration of a CMMS for them. And as what you're talking about is so much more advanced. So go ahead. I, I, th I think you're right. And I think that's actually where it starts. So sometimes yep. what happens is we get in these situations. So take HVAC in particular, and yep. the building engineers that have to deal with that. They're on the move. They got to get stuff done, but they don't have a way to digitize it. So you doing that is really kind of where it all starts anyway. You figure out how can we do what we already do really well and do it better, be more efficient and have information at our fingertips. Well, starting with an Excel spreadsheet is great. And then maybe later on you start using some other solution that acts like Excel, but it offers a lot of interaction. And then it later went from on, there to access database. Actually. Exactly. Which... <laughs> Man, what a nightmare, right? But at the time, oh, at the time, much more effective than paper, post-it notes, and all this. And I wanted to go yeah. back to what you said about this 80-20 kind of concept and rule in how we look at CMMS, how we look at even with what you guys specialize in when it comes mm -hmm. to lubrication management systems. And right. the, the, the whole thing we want to look at with 80-20 is you can kind of play with that. You can, you can look at it 80-20, 20-80. A lot of these CMMS platforms do generally the same things, but they all have their very nuanced approaches. And it comes oh, sure. down to the process, not the software. Because I'm the kind of guy that says, hey, nobody gives a shit about your features. What they care about is how you solve the problem. So you there doing you the Excel solve the problem. And then you figure out later how to solve it even better. Now, in 2023 and beyond, people have the options to really do it right out of the gate, but they need a little bit of information, if not a lot of information to figure out what that really looks like. Sure. So that's what I try to help with. 
and I, I think you're right. Features are great, but there's even features in my pickup that I've never used. So, I mean, some of that has to have an importance with it. And yeah, mm-hmm. we deal with LMS, lubrication management systems. Ours is called Lube PM. But we, we're trying to solve the issue of maybe it's the, the work orders, what's actually getting done in the plant. Uh, lubrication doesn't wedge into a CMMS very well anyway. So we said, well, we need to extract that a little bit. And with that, there's always the implementation hiccups, you know, people willingness to accept using this tool as opposed to a three ring binder somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you're nodding your head. I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So why don't you walk me through this? You know, if, if you're helping someone implement a CMMS or maybe it's a CMMS project uh, of we're going to improve the way that we handle things, you know, where do you typically start? What's a good foundation? So initially, so let's make a couple of assumptions, but I'll define those assumptions. Let's assume that they've done their own internal assessments as to confirming the need for this product based on the problem that they have or problems that they have. So they have certain gaps with regards to data gathering and really getting themselves in a position where they can curate their own data and understand, are they moving better? faster or are they not? So once that's all in place and somebody is going to look at implementing their solution, they've selected the solution and let's assume it's the right solution, meaning to say not a specific product, but one that works in the way that solves their problem in the best possible way. Mm -hmm. Okay. What we want to do on the implementation is we want to make sure that we understand from the start and the outcome. The outcome is the most important thing. Sure. So once we know what we're trying to solve in those areas, we build the implementation accordingly. Most of the time, and this is going to be a generalization because every single client is unique, although they have immense similarities, they're 80% similar, right? And 20% unique. And that's not to suggest they're not all unique. What I'm saying is the nuanced approach to what they do. The general process is, If it's a CMMS that's, say, for example, site-based, we're going to first need to gather what are our locations, where are they, and what are they? Is it a building? Is it multiple buildings, a campus, et cetera, et cetera? Mm -hmm. Then we want to line up what is it configured as? Is it a building with multiple floors, areas within floors, and all those things? So we would start there. Now we want to start looking at how soon can we start collecting and utilizing work order-related data for those sites. What's going to come after that is, do we have equipment, building equipment, whether it's movable or not? We need to know where that is, when we got it, what's being done to it, how often is it failing to ultimately figure out why it's failing. So those are going to be two areas where you're going to typically start. If, so I'm going to change up a few times here. Is that okay? Absolutely. If you are an asset-centric operation that's focused purely on the equipment, you may need a location during your deployment, right, when they're setting it up so that assets can live somewhere. They have to be at a place. Otherwise, you can't have them in there. And we start loading in things like equipment and gathering all that up. And then we're doing work orders that are primarily related to those pieces of equipment. And what's going to happen after that is you're going to start building in preventive maintenance, If you have the right kind of system and your operation requires 
some predictive maintenance, you can start getting to that level. So essentially implementations at the beginning are going to be about what are we setting up? How do we already work? It's not about changing the way you work, but it is about changing the behaviors within how you work. So the most critical thing as it relates to an implementation is doing that part right, following a general process that is supported by what the outcome is that you want. Mm -hmm. But you have to constantly pay extremely close attention to the adoption process. The people that are going to use it, the doers, have to understand why they're using it. It yeah. should not be. And this is a really big piece of advice for everyone, everywhere. And it's not just for CMMS. Yeah. Don't make decisions from the top down and force people to use things that are going to benefit the KPIs and vanity metrics you need at the top. Go the other way. Make those things come together so that they start to, they will start to meet. Now everybody's why is the same. And that's critically important. I and think that, uh, it was a project management handbook. It said, grow slow and grow with people in the know. Mm -hmm. So don't try to change everything overnight, but get right. everyone involved in the decision-making process because they're stakeholders. Right. And uh, what another book, start with why, right. Is Simon yeah. Sinek. Why are we mm -hmm. doing this way? So uh, I agree completely. The, the, the why will really propel you forward. It will really, it will really do that. When everyone knows why and they're bought in, they will go to battle. Sure. They will use that system. So for example, if I've got a CMMS platform and it's being used in a plant environment and I expect the different plant managers and engineers and techs and whatnot that are moving about the facility going from machine to machine. And I think they're going to go over to a workstation and use the CMMS to update what they just did. You can forget about that. You can throw <laughs> that right out the window. They would much rather write it down, put it in their brain because they're gunslingers, they're wrench turners. They're making stuff happen. They're getting yep. stuff done, put it in their hands, make sure, you know, you you've included that in your assessment when it comes to why, well, these people move about the floor. They need to take that with them. So get a solution that has mobile functionality. The other thing we have to look at is when it comes to the why, you, you got to have an outcome for those individuals. You know, mm -hmm. there's things that I consider to be intangibles, but they're alternate currencies for everybody on the team. Everybody from the top to the bottom and in between you can get home on time because you're getting stuff done faster and it's fully documented and nobody has to bother you. You can work remotely because today your son or your daughter had to stay home from school and you can get in there and you can help people manage things. And it just creates so much more opportunity. If I, in my role, let's say I was one of those HVAC techs or a building engineer can get more done quicker, but in a highly accurate way that's fully communicated and accessible from the top down. Now we're really moving and I get a benefit for that. It's not just money, less stress, less headache, more knowledge at my fingertips, less phone calls, none of these post-it notes on and on like that. I mean, I can go for hours on this stuff because oh, absolutely. it's real. But Greg, I think you're hitting on something that's near and dear to me. I, I always say that I want to take the the tyranny of power, you know, from the machines and give it back to the technician. 
Yeah. Uh, the conduit that I do that through is lubrication. The conduit that you're doing it through is, you know, uh, better use of your CMMS or whatever that you know, looks like. So we're mm -hmm. in the same sphere because we think that is a problem. That's a real problem. Uh, people go to work to support their family, to support themselves. I mean, absolutely. Mm -hmm. People go to work for different reasons. But ultimately, when they're off work, they want to be off work. They, they don't want to be bothered, called back in. Machines fail midnight on Christmas Eve. It doesn't necessarily worry about what's going on outside of work. So I, I love it. But I want to I want to go back here. So when we're talking about implementations, you said, well, make sure that people understand what's going on, not just forcing it from top down. So that shows a, a culture buy in. Right. I mean, that is one of the big things. So I could imagine one of the biggest sticking points of a CMMS project or implementation is just that someone loves this solution. Uh, it, it looks great. It's got all these bells and whistles. And then they just cram it and say, we're going to start using it. And then no one uses it or it doesn't match exactly what they need. Is, is that about right? It's highly, it, it, it is, it is. It's the number one reason I think, and I've seen it that CMMS selection implementations fail because they're leaving out that critical component of including the people that are actually going to use it. If people don't use it, it's arguably catastrophic because you've got to spend as it relates to buying that solution. You have a spend as it relates to the time, effort, and the distraction necessary for implementation. And if the adoption of the platform doesn't stick, then all that's gone. And then it becomes a further detriment because they might be married to that solution. What if it's a really expensive solution? One of these companies out there that does value engagements jumps on planes and has 12 people come out and do your implementation. And there's 18 meetings per year. You're getting billed for all that stuff. And that thing's just sitting on a shelf because at least half the people that are supposed to use it hate it because it doesn't work. And you're going, well, no, no, the, the, the C-suite might say, and I'm not trying to crush these guys and gals. No, I, I'm, I, I'm I saying it. the, the C-suite might say, well, yeah, it works. And we prove this and we prove that. And it gets us the data we want. And it's like, yeah, but you forgot, you forgot to figure out before you did it, if these people are going to use it. And if they're not, you're done right there out of the gate. And the real challenge with solving that. So you mentioned a couple of things I want to talk a little bit about culture. Culture exists and then it has opportunity to kind of evolve, mm -hmm. right? Improve. And as it relates to, you mentioned PMBOK or project management book, there's this thing called project execution maturity model. And what it really is about is in any of these scenarios, because everything's a project essentially. Oh, absolutely. You, you, things you that start aren't projects out, or sales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's a project too, right? Uh, sure. So we, we've got, we've got this project and we're going to, in this case, say it's CMMS implementation and then subsequent adoption that we want at a high level. You're going to start at the beginning, which sounds cliche, but you're starting at the beginning and over a period of time, you're going to achieve a certain level of maturity with the utilization of the platform. 
That's not going to happen overnight. You're going to get short-term benefit, then you're going to have the plateau, then you're going to have a drop-off, and then you're going to start to improve. And then the ultimate goal in a scenario like that is to reach a level of constant process improvement, whether your process is sweeping a floor, fixing an HVAC unit, producing a widget at a much higher level with little breakage and never any returns. All of those things are about implementing what you need, learning how to use it, slight improvement, slight improvement, reaching a stage of constant process improvement. That could take eight months, 18 months, or 36 months. It just depends on how big that monster is that you're trying to improve. So the culture exists, but kind of starts to evolve. And when the why falls into place, that happens much more effectively. Yeah, it's organic at that point. Yes, yes, because everybody has solved that part of it, right? It's kind of like I used to say in the CMS world when I'm onboarding somebody and we're talking about money. We worked out that part. We're not so concerned about that because we set it up so that we can deliver for you and we can do this, 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 and this. And we've set that up so we're always going to do that. Now it's out of the way. You can focus on doing your work. I, 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 I think it's the best way to operate. So I'm getting the, the time signal here. It's, it's been a great conversation, and I want to talk with you more. But of as course. a good host, I want to give you the final word here. So, uh, you know, what, what would you want, you know, your message to, to get out from here? Uh, obviously, podcast, and we'll have a link in the description and everything for CMMS Radio. But uh, let me give you the final word. Appreciate that, Wes. So CMMS Radio, you can check us out on Spotify. We've got a YouTube channel if you want to check out some of the videos. And if you need help with a project or you're interested in talking about a topic, just reach out to us. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can find me or you can find CMMS Radio there. One thing I want people to know is when you're looking at a CMMS project, whether you have an existing platform or you're looking for your first one, you do not have to rush into it even if the need is imperative. You need to work with somebody Ask your vendors really hard questions. If they can't or won't answer them, it's not the right vendor. Get a CMMS consultant that's going to listen to you and understand your problem first and then go and help you solve it. If your problem's not being solved, there's no point in spending the money and investing the time. So make sure those things are in place. Don't be afraid to do that. The real vendors, the good guys, whatever you want to call them, they want you to press them. They want to make sure it's really good. They want your business forever. And Absolutely. I love connecting with people. This has been phenomenal. I really appreciate you guys having me on, Wes. Greg, we appreciate it. And I'm going to throw the invite out there. I'd love to have you back if you'd be willing to do it. I'd love it. Perfect. All right. So thanks again for joining us here on Gear Talk. As always, if there are any topics that you'd like us to discuss, any questions that you have, any recommendations or feedback, you can always get a hold of us at podcast at noria.com. We look forward to having you in another episode.